<laughs> 鬼岛之音 Ghost Island Media. From Ghost Island Media, this is the Taiwan Take. I'm your producer Emily Wai Wu. Today, we note the three-year anniversary of the disappearance of Li Mingzhe, a Taiwanese man who is now serving a five-year sentence in China for the subversion of state. JR is away today, and instead, we have William Yang as your host. William is a correspondent for Deutsche Welle, based in Taipei, and is a regular contributor to the Guardian, Quartz, and the Independent. And before we hear from William, here's the story of Li Mingzhe, as read by our production assistant Sam Robbins. Three years ago, this week, on March nineteenth, twenty seventeen, a Taiwanese man named Li Mingzhe disappeared in China. There was a record of him crossing the border from Macau into Guangdong. But there was no clues whatsoever of what happened afterwards. Li Mingzhe was forty-two years old. He was diabetic, and he was missing. Ten days later, authorities in China announced that they had taken Mr. Li. The reasons were of national security. They did not reveal Mr. Li's location. Didn't let his wife visit. Not even a phone call. This was spring twenty seventeen. China's leader had been known for disappearing people. Lawyers, activists, business figures, booksellers. People would vanish, then turn up mysteriously in Chinese custody. Most of them received little legal or human rights protections. So when Li Mingzhou went missing, there was plenty to worry about. Li Mingzhou was not a publicly known figure. He had worked a staff job at Taiwan's pro-democracy political party, the DPP, back in 2003, and he had volunteered briefly at a human rights NGO. He was now an administrator at a community college in Taipei, so it was confusing why China had taken him. Why him? Lot of questions and not a lot of answers. China simply wasn't talking to Taiwan. In fact, China had cut off communications with Taiwan as soon as President Tsai Ing-wen stepped into office. Even Li's family had to wait for routine press briefings from Beijing for any information. Another nine days went by since China admitted to taking Mr. Li. A private citizen went looking for Mr. Li's wife in Taipei. He showed Li's wife, Li Jingyu, a photocopy of something that appeared to be in Mr. Li's handwriting. He said he alone could broker a deal for the release of Li Mingzhe, but only if she cooperated. He asked her to stop speaking up and urged everyone to stop speaking up because by then, civic society in Taiwan had begun their response. An urgent appeal had already been submitted to the United Nations Human Rights System. The fixer told Miss Li. If she behaved and kept a low profile, then her husband could be home shortly. View them as kidnappers, he said. Then not about rule of law, referring to China's state power. He said he had saved the lives of more than twenty people, and that if you want me to help you, then cancel your trip to Beijing. Otherwise, there's nothing I can do. It was known at the time that Miss Li had planned to go to Beijing to make a formal complaint. She refused the fixer's offer. And she continued to speak publicly. Miss Li went to the U.S. and spoke in front of Congress. The United Nations heard the case 
and the European Parliament passed a resolution. On September 11, 2017, six months after Li Mingzhou went missing, he appeared in a televised event from Hunan, China. This was the first time anyone had ever seen Li Mingzhou. Dressed in white, he was inside what looked like a courthouse, standing in front of what could have been a judge. He looked thin. His wife, Li Jingyu, was finally allowed a visit. She sat in the back, her husband's name tattooed across her forearms, Li Mingzhe on the left arm and I'm so proud of you on the other. In the next 15 minutes, Mr. Li stood and praised China. He blamed Western influences for his bias and asked to be punished. He vowed to persuade Taiwanese people at home of the importance of reunification. He was sentenced to five years in jail for subversion of state. And these were the evidence against him. 40 social media posts and the creation of chat rooms on QQ, WeChat and Facebook with the intent of creating a national network to disseminate lies against the Chinese Communist Party and to topple the Chinese government. Timeline of these activities included Mr. Li's previous visits to China, but also when he was in Taiwan. Today, Li Mingzhe is at the Chishan prison in Hunan. His well-being is unknown. His wife said he lost 30 kilograms in the past three years. He is expected to be released in November 2022. Maybe. This week marks the third anniversary of the day Li Mingzhou was disappeared in China. Today, we speak to Tio Yiling, Executive Director of Amnesty International in Taiwan and former Secretary General of Taiwan Association for Human Rights. Ms. Chiu has been working closely with Mr. Li's wife, Li Jingyu. She's been leading the coalition of civic society called the Li Mingzhou Rescue Team, raising awareness at home and lobbying abroad. The struggle against repressive government's attempts to suppress political activism is a global issue. And this is the Taiwan Take. Here's your host, William Yang. Welcome to a new episode. Welcome to the Taiwan Take, Yiling. Hi, William. I'm Yiling. I'm currently executive director of Amnesty International Taiwan. And in the past three years, I work with the Mrs. Lee and NGOs in Taiwan for rescuing uh, Mr. Lee Winter. You've been so close to the case, and there's actually a lot to unpack here. So let's jump right in. In 2017, when Lee Mingzhe first went missing, China was already known for its worsening human rights record. Nobel Prize laureate Liu Xiaobo was still in jail, his health deteriorating. In Hong Kong, booksellers were vanishing, then resurfacing inside China and under Chinese custody. Throughout China, 
more than 200 lawyers had gotten detained. Some disappeared, and multiple charged with subversion of state. So, what can you tell us about the mood during that this time for NGOs and activists whose work had to do with China?、Um, well, at that time,、um, the Chinese government just implemented the overseas NGO law on January 2017, and also Cyber Security Act. So, at that moment. A lot of activists or local NGOs, if they get support from the foreign funds, they are afraid、uh, what will happen after this act to take effect. So, can we say that the general mood in China for the human rights workers at that time was actually pretty bleak? In the past, there are、uh, lawyer represent the activists who was get arrested or detained. But after the crackdown of the human rights lawyer on 2015, even the lawyer they cannot.、Um, so it's a very high pressure. Okay. So Lee was eventually charged with subversion of state related to his online activities. Could you give us your understanding on the why of the case? Why did he got charged with subversion of state based on his online activities?、Um, well, according to the the evidence which the prosecutors of the Chinese government present, is his online speech on Facebook or WeChat or QQ. That's all, and he just share some history of the Chinese democracy, or he just share his personal opinions on public issues. That's all. And why did he go to China at that time?、Um, he visits China once every year to see his friends online. And but that time, because his mother-in-law got cancer, so he wants to maybe search some doctor opinions. So so that's the reason. Okay, let's bring the timeline to March nineteenth, twenty seventeen. A friend of Li Mingzhe, who was supposed to have received him on the China side of the border, wrote on Facebook that Li never appeared. This was how the world learned of his disappearance. What was your first contact with the case? How did you get involved? Well, after I saw the news, and also a lot of people sent me the link of the news. Actually, I know the principal of the Wenshan Community College, so I contact the principal and see if there is anything I can help. And in the beginning,、um, Mrs. Lee also、um, said that she she want to wait. So in the beginning, we didn't have much communication or contact. But after a week,、um, there is still no information. So she decided to hold a press conference with the local NGOs. And so at that time, your function was at that time I was the、um, secretary general of Taiwan Association for Human Rights. And because in the past、um, we also joined the rescuing campaign for Zhong Dingbang, the Falun Gong practitioner. So, so that's why. When the minja disappeared, a lot of people just send the news to us, and, and yeah, suggest we should do something.、Mm-hmm. And so, what was the Taiwanese government's response at the time?、Um, in the beginning, Mrs. Lee reported her husband's disappearance to the Straight Exchange Foundation, but the foundation asked Mrs. Lee to report the case to China directly. The Chinese government denied the arrest and the detention. Yeah, so you can see that in the beginning, the foundation didn't play a very active role. But this foundation is not just a private foundation. Actually, it's operated through the governments. So it should provide more support 
to the victim families. Although we do know that there are a lot of difficulties at that time in the DPP region, and there is no communication between Taiwan and China. But for the victim families part, maybe the foundation could more active asking is there anything like we can help or or could they have even raised the question directly with their counterparts in China? No, like I said, they asked Mrs. Lee to contact the Chinese government directly. Um, I I do know that the Mainland Affairs Council they sent some official document to Chinese government, but I don't. I'm not sure when they start to do this um, request. So the foundation is a de facto private, but actually official organization that is. A lot of the times, in charge of、uh, negotiating some very important legal procedures between China and Taiwan, including the famous、uh, 92 Consensus, which was essentially the definition of cross-strait relations during a long period of the Taiwanese government. As for the Mainland Affairs Council, that is the official Taiwanese agency that handles a lot of the China-related issues and affairs within Taiwan. In the past, they would have the ability to directly communicate with their counterparts in China, which is the Taiwan Affairs Office. But since May 2016, the Chinese government shut down the communication between the Taiwan Affairs Office and the Mainland Affairs Council. So that left the Taiwanese government with only one direct way to try to reach the Chinese government, which is the foundation. There's actually a legal agreement between China and Taiwan that was signed in 2009. It lays out the steps for what a government must do when it detains the citizen of another. It's called the Cross-Strait Joint Fight Against Crime and Mutual Legal Assistance Agreement. How should this agreement have worked for Li Mingzhe's case? Um, according to the operation guide of the agreement, they have to report or notice our government when they arrest him. But、um, the Chinese government didn't do that. Yeah. So when he disappeared, there is no information. That's why Mrs. Lee have to report this case firstly to our government, then to the Chinese government by herself. And the Chinese government actually didn't come out to admit that Li Mingzhe was already arrested by them until Li Jingyu got in touch with them. Another important framework that was broken: Taiwan Affairs Office in Beijing stopped communicating with the Mainland Affairs Council in Taiwan. Was this why there was a private citizen who tried to broker a deal with the Mingzhe's wife on behalf of China?、Mm, actually, the broker has also showed up before 2008 during the KMT. There is a Falun Gong practitioner, Zhong Dingbang, who also disappeared in China. And at that time, the same broker was dealing with his case. What happened with Mr. Zhong's case? Um, on 2008, there are also a lot of local NGOs organized the rescuing team. We also hold a lot of press conference in Taiwan to urge the Chinese government to release、uh, Mr. Zhong. His daughter also give a speech in Congress in United States, and yeah, and also the broker show up and say he can help. After 56 days. Mr. Zhong Dingbang get released, and he also confessed. And so, some have criticized Miss Lee for turning down the offer. Can you talk about Mrs. Lee's decision on this at this particular time? When Mrs. Lee asked me about broker, 
I told her that sometimes the brokers will ask for something. But I also told Mrs. Lee that we will totally understand whatever decision she made. I think she is afraid the broker will ask、uh, Mingzhe's laptop or computer, and that will be a lot of information, maybe including the personal data of the all online communities in China. So I think that's the reason why Mrs. Lee don't want to do something for the exchange. And so, throughout the case, there was the possibility of two types of lawyers within China to help with Li's case: one, a court-appointed lawyer, or two, the China-based human rights lawyer. Mrs. Li did not pursue either option. Can you talk about the considerations? Mrs. Li, she doesn't trust the independence of the judicial system in China. Even the government appointed a lawyer. What they usually do is urge the client to admit everything. So, as Eileen mentioned earlier, there was some precedence in the past. So, were there case studies that you were able to point to that helped you navigate this case? Well,、um, the only experience we have is the Zhong Dingbang's case. So, actually, we don't have much to suggest or advise to Mrs. Li.、Um, so, usually, is the Mrs. Li already decide something, then we just show our support. But because this is the first case after the implementation of the overseas、uh, NGO law in China, so after we get the permission from Mrs. Li, so we decide to issue a joint statement among the NGOs and INGOs in the region and in in a global society to make a international pressure to Chinese government. Including Amnesty International, FIDH, Human Rights Watch, Freedom House, all show their support to this case. So that's the first time we got a lot of international support for our human rights activists to get arrested in China. And this is also the first case, the UN Human Rights Mechanism,、um, the WGID, the Working Group for. On、um, uh, enforce and involuntary disappearance,、um, they accept this case. So it's also our first time to do this Taiwanese case under the UN human rights mechanism. So, from the international lobbying perspective, we could say that this case somehow made quite some milestone for the Taiwanese human rights efforts. Yeah, you can say that after the Taiwanese government withdraw from UN, nineteen seventy one, we cannot connect to the international human rights mechanism.、Um, so even in the past, we do submit some case, some human rights violation case to the special rapporteur under the UN, but sometimes they will refer the case to the Beijing government. So. <laughs> Um, but this time it's because the state party which violated human rights is China, and their member states, so they can take the case. So Taiwan's civic society came together to work on the international appeal. Mrs. Lee went to the U.S. and spoke in front of the Congress. You personally handled the request to the UN and to the EU. The United Nations Working Group on Enforced and Involuntary Disappearance in Geneva accepted to hear this case. And the European Parliament passed a resolution demanding China to release Li. How difficult was this? I would like to clarify that the the submission for this case to the WGID is、uh, from the Covenant Watch. They do the submission, 
but we visit the Geneva to lobby and to explain the update the whole case together. And the difficulties is because when you hold Taiwanese passport, ROC passport, you will sometimes you will be blocked um, by the guard in front of the building of UN. So every time we have to worry about whether we can enter the gate or not. And sometimes we can't, but sometimes we have to try it tomorrow. <laughs> or we have to ha have coffee outside the building with human rights officers or specialists. Hi. If you've enjoyed the Taiwan Take, you can give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps other listeners find the show. If you have a news tip, tweet at us at Ghost Island Me. For dollar tips, we take monthly donations through Patreon. Find us on patreon.com slash Taiwan. And there was a lot of challenges for you while helping with this case. Challenges while lobbying for international support. Challenges of dealing with China. But there was also challenges at home with public opinion. Not everyone here was sympathetic to Li Mingzhe. Why was this? What was their argument? Um, I think the main reason is because Mr. Li is not a very famous person in the human rights communities. So when the news come out, you can only see that the identity showed he is DPP member. That's all. They didn't talk about what he have done. Like he already served as a volunteer in many NGOs. And also because Mrs. Lee didn't fit the traditional image of the victim families. A lot of people, there are a lot of suspicions on her, thinking um, she might want to run election or she may have her own political intention. So that's why in the beginning we didn't get much support and many people was criticized the whole rescuing campaign is too high profile and why we hold so many press conference. Many general public was thinking it, when we're doing that will make Chinese government unhappy and it's not for rescuing Mr. Li, but maybe just for some political intention or um, personal um, interest. Has the public changed their opinions about Li Mingzhe after he was given the five-year sentence? When we saw the, the only evidence is about the online speech, and also after the verdicts of his sentence, also because there are more and more um, support from the international society um, among the NGOs, INGOs, and even from the EU parliament, from the United States, I think that the attitude of the society changed after the verdict. Okay. So I want to ask you about his health, which continues to be a concern. Lee is a known diabetic who was on multiple medications. I understand that during the first month of his disappearance and detainment, it was difficult getting medications delivered to wherever he was being held. Can you talk about how, he, how this was resolved? Actually, it did not resolve. So the Chinese government denied any medicine from Taiwan. So Mr. Li can only rely on the medicine from Chinese um, prison. And so when they deny all the medications, what happened? Did they just return it? In the beginning, Mrs. Li tried to post-mail the medicine to, to him. 
in the beginning, the Crow Stray Foundation already told Mrs. Lee it's impossible, so they don't want to send the medicine for her. But then Mrs. Lee would criticize the foundation, and so they they do <laughs> post mail the medicine to China, and then they just reject. <laughs> yeah. And today, he has reportedly lost over thirty kilograms, or roughly sixty-five pounds, in prison. How's he doing? What do you know about how Lee has been treated in prison, and how does he, this compare to other types of political prisoners? After he got the five-year sentence, he was sent to the Hunan prison. After the a few months, the Mrs. Lee got the permission for a lending visa to visit、uh, Mr. Lee. Monthly, so she can get the information about him、um, every month. But on September two thousand eighteen, she was denied the visiting again, <laughs> and it's because she heard that the Mr. Lee was transferred to another prison. And on December, and when Mrs. Lee get permission again, and she visit、uh, Mr. Lee in Hunan. And when the prisoner go back to the prison, they have to do the health examination. So that's why Mrs. Lee know that her husband lost thirty kilogram. And also after transfer back to Chishan prison, his warm clothes was thrown away, and his、uh, cash account was frozen, so he cannot buy any fresh food. So. At that time, she understand that all the prisoners、uh, in China was、um, eat the spoiled food, and they are working overtime. Yeah, so that's the same、uh, situation among the prisoner. But the different、um, situation is Mr. Lee cannot write any letter to his family member or to the friends in Taiwan, and he cannot make any phone call. That's the basic right granted by the prison law in China, but it's only Mr. Lee cannot enjoy to communicate with the people in Taiwan. So that's the the difference. And we actually also know that during this time, his father also unfortunately passed away, and Mrs. Lee tried to apply to get Mr. Lee to come back to Taiwan to attend the funeral. What happened? Yeah, it happened last year, and. Li Junyu want to request the visiting the funeral、um, for Mr. Lee, and also in the past there are some examples of this case, like Liu Xiaopo or went to his brother's funeral or something like that. So that's why she made the request, but it's also denied by the Chinese government. What What's the situation now in terms of her visiting rights? Um, after the breakout of the coronavirus, yeah. So after the New Year, <laughs> the Lunar New Year, Mrs. Lee cannot arrange any visiting to China from January until now. All the visiting was blocked, and because Mr. Lee cannot communication to Taiwanese friends or his wife, so we cannot not get any information from him right now. So. It's kind of like he was still back to a situation that he cannot communicate or、um, have to the outside world. Yeah. So going forward, it's unlikely this will be the last such case for Taiwan. In terms of response and rescue, what lessons can we learn from Li Mingzhou's case? Well, <laughs> I think、uh, many people will think about we are enjoy the freedom of expression 
in Taiwan. So we just care about our human rights, our own. That's enough. But you can see that uh, nowadays the human rights violations cross border. So even you speak online in Taiwan, you may be caught by the Chinese government when you enter China, or even when you see the bookseller Gui Minghai's case, he was even caught in Bangkok. So it's not even in the territory of China. Yeah, so when you saw that the human rights violation was cross-border, it's also important that we should connect the victims and the, the activists or the people who concern about the human rights together in the world to fight back our rights um, together. That's an important thing. We cannot only concern about the things happened in Taiwan. It's not enough. And the Liminge Rescue Alliance is a coalition of concerned groups and individuals from Taiwan's civic society. For the past three years, you have been organizing awareness campaigns. Tell us about some of these and what has been particularly effective. Um, in the past three years, the NGOs in Taiwan um, hold a lot of events, such as the candlelight event, or we um, set up booths on streets to collect the signatures, or we even hold rallies for every anniversary of his detention. And yeah, we even cooperate with the Taiwan Dance Institute to use our body to perform our angry or and. We also hold a lot of speech or training for speakers in uh, many different cities. And writing a postcard is also a, a main campaign. So we invite everyone to write a letter and send it to the prison to Mr. Li Mingzhe every day. When you write this letter, you can also show online and hashtag free Li Mingzhe. It's like a relay race. Everyone can write the letter day by day. Yeah, so it's a very simple action, and but we just want to keep the attention from the civil society to and also explore the rescuing team to the ordinary people. It's not only we care about Mr. Lee, but everyone like you. You may have your family in China, or maybe your friends will go abroad for study in China, or. Yeah, there are a lot of Taiwanese people who travel to China every year, so it's a very important issue for everyone. Um, so we are not sure if he can get this letter or not, but we want to collect all these letters, and so that's why um, we're going to have an exhibition. We will print out these letters, the three hundred fifty-five bed letters and postcard in a coffee filo in Taipei, and we also want to invite more people to join us, to keep writing, um, to make the pressure to the Chinese government, and also to um, let Mrs. Lee and Mr. Lee know that we didn't forget him. So how can people be involved with the letter writing? Um, when we're doing the exhibition in Cafe Filo, you also can write a letter directly in the cafe, and we will send a letter for you and yeah, or you can send to the NGOs like the Taiwan Association for Human Rights or Amnesty International Taiwan or even Covenant Watch, then we also can do that for you. But if you are not in Taiwan, you can find the address of Chishan Prison from the website of Amnesty International Taiwan or you can you can write an email to us if you cannot find the address or you can 
contact the rescuing team, including like the Taiwan Association for Human Rights or Compton Watch. And you can also find our Facebook page, Xunzhao Li Mingzhe. Yeah, so if you want to do this online publicly with us, then you can hashtag free Li Mingzhe. But if you just want to write it privately, it's fine. And you don't have to even sign your real name. You can just write a nickname or, yeah. So just put the address of Chishan Prison and send it directly to him. Or you even you want to condemn the Chinese government, you even can send a letter to the Chinese government, Xi Jinping, or to the, the guard of the, the Chishan Prison. And we will provide links to all these pages. The last question what do you have planned for the three-year anniversary? Because we know that the anniversary is coming up on March 19th. Uh, the Li Mingzhe rescuing team, including Amnesty International and lots of local NGOs, we are going to hold uh, 365 letters to Li Mingzhe exhibition at the Cafe Filo. And, and we also like to invite more people to keep writing. And we also cooperate with Philosophy Fridays with some NGOs. We will hold several speech in different cities in Taipei, in Taichung, in Yilan, Kaohsiung to keep the discussion about Mr. Li Mingzhe, about what's the next Li Mingzhe, what can we do um, for this kind of human rights violation. So we just want to keep the whole society to remember there is still a guy detained in China because he's online speech. So don't forget him and keep make pressure to the Chinese government. Although you may think that writing a postcard is, is that a useful action <laughs> to rescuing a, a prisoner, but actually we do have several cases that after millions of writing and make pressure from the international society and then the government, they released the political prisoners. Yeah. Thank you so much again. So for more information about the three-year anniversary series of events, uh, we will be including all of them in the show notes later. So, yeah, as the three-year anniversary of Li Mingzhe's disappearance is coming up... I think this is a perfect time for us to use this episode to remind everyone in Taiwan, but also around the world, that there are countless others living under such circumstances in China. Their names may never be known. So this is the time for everyone to kind of pay attention to this issue and pay tribute to those who continue to suffer under the repressive regime in China. Thank you so much again for joining us, Eileen. Thank you. And this is the Taiwan Take. This has been a Ghost Island Media production based in Taipei, Taiwan. This episode was produced and edited by me, Emily Wai Wu. Sam Robbins and Yu Chen Lai are our production assistants. Brand design by Thomas Lee. We recorded this at MyCoin, a Bitcoin exchange in Taipei. <laughs>